All right. <laughs> Look who's back. Look who's back again. Every time this happens, I'm so surprised <laughs> that I am doing this yet again. How many times must this party repeat itself? <laughs> of course, I am very happy to be here. And just just always with an element of surprise. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I don't have much expectations. Maybe it's my way of trying to not ask too much of myself. <laughs> so, however this finds you, by whatever means, realize that those means are very unlikely and thus warranting of surprise. <laughs> so today I thought we would just open up the can of worms that is poison, potency, and purity. Nice that it is a triple P. <laughs> Poison, potency, and purity. And these things are, well, an understanding, a fact of life, a approach, a metaphor, a conceptualization, a realization for the good life, for realizing how life is, for Assessing, well, what is it that you're after? What is it that is actually happening? So, it is just a preliminary conversation, of course, as so many conversations are in so many ways. But at least we can get the ball rolling. So, to begin with, I guess if we take a look at poison, then... What comes to mind for me is a number of real examples, which once we discuss it, once we think these through, they reveal quite a lot of things to us. And the image that comes to mind for me is that of the spider. Now, in Australia, we have very poisonous spiders. Some spiders are not poisonous. Some, po some spiders are poisonous, and yet they won't kill you. And some spiders are so poisonous that if you get bitten, it will be a matter of minutes until you die. And there's a very high chance that you will die unless, basically, you, you find yourself in the situation where unless you are immediately rushed to the hospital and given the exact anti-venom or anti-poison, then you're going to die. And that would be, I think, the white tip or the red back or the funnel web. And I don't know if they are all native to Australia, but there's a number of spiders which have an extreme poison to them. Now, we can... Obviously, as we've just 
realized, or at least I've just realized, distinguish between poison and venom. And you could say, well, poison is something that is made by a man as a chemical, and venom is something that, well, appears in the snake. I don't know what you call it for a spider. I guess a spider is a kind of venom. I don't know. But venom really is more associated with snakes. But to think of this, to think that this has occurred in nature is staggering. That there is something so small and yet so powerful. A lot of things in nature that we look at are abundant and by many measures, inconsequential or generic or mundane or sort of just there as regular everyday furniture, right? Something like leaves. If you go out into the bush and you look around, then you see there are a lot of trees and there's a heck of a lot of leaves. Now, compared to how many funnel web spiders there are, as to how many leaves there are, then there's quite a big contrast, right? There is quite a big gap between those two things. And the effect is also proportionate, right? If you pick up a leaf, well, I'm sure there are. <laughs> now the... Uh, the arbitrarium is arboretumists are actually starting to say, well, actually, Doster, there are poisonous leaves. <laughs> and I'm sure there are, but generally speaking, if you pick up a leaf, it's not going to kill you in a matter of minutes. Whereas if you get bitten by the right spider, it will kill you in a matter of minutes. And that difference. That contrast is something to understand about our lives. Because the vast majority of our life is filled with leaves, metaphorically speaking. It's filled with the mundane furniture. The everyday, day-to-day stuff that you just pick up and it is not really going to cause much of a problem. Perhaps one level that would be nicely suited to this metaphor is the level of the mind. Because how many thoughts do you have each day? How many thoughts do you have passing by? Just like passing leaves in the forest. Thousands of thoughts. And many of them are just small thoughts. They are just little things that don't really affect you in a certain way. And when it comes to poison, well, that's a perfect metaphor. We can say there are thoughts that are poisonous. There are thoughts that can corrupt your entire system. Just like the venom goes into the blood and throughout all the organs, well, there are thoughts of the mind that can do the same thing. Now, perhaps 
thoughts are kind of gradual. Perhaps poisonous thoughts are something that require structures around them and a kind of conditioning, which means that just having this one thing in the middle of nowhere, devoid of context, is unlikely. And I think that's the case. But a spider has its context, and thoughts have their context. And they also have their effect. So that's a little bit about poison. That's a little bit about this contrast between poison and the mundane or the the inconsequential and the consequential. And to go on from this, we have potency. And it's very similar to poison. In fact, that, well, you could say they are the same thing because leaves, because they're abundant, they're not potent. And thoughts, the majority of the time, aren't potent. And then Eventually, some come along, something comes along in nature, in the jungle, or in your mind that is potent. And that would be like a kind of distilled version of something, or a kind of hyper-condensed version of something. This would be like, well, you say potatoes are abundant, sort of bland, and sort of inconsequential. You can eat a potato without having too much effect. And yet, potato can be used to distill hard liquor. And hard liquor, I believe it's, is it rum or is it? I think it's rum or it might be vodka, but I can't remember. I don't really know much about distilling hard liquor. Anyway, it doesn't matter. One of those. The point is that the distilling of the potato into a hard liquor can create something that can cause quite a dramatic effect. Hard alcohol will have a a vastly more dramatic effect on your system than potatoes. And many people have this actually as an operating assumption of their life. And they have this operating assumption without even knowing it. How that looks is that they are always trying to get away from the mundane. They are always trying to get away from the boring, the bland, the inconsequential whether it's a substance that affects them or that they are that thing. They want to have an effect. And of course, really, it goes for all levels of experience. And the problem is, well, trying to get away from the inconsequential, trying to get away from the bland and make things more potent is so easily confused. It is so easily confused with poison. It's no coincidence that when someone asks you, what would you like to drink? A common phrase is, well, they say, what's your poison? 
And you might even be conscious of this to the degree that you say, yes, potency. That's what I like. I'd rather, I'd rather poison myself than be bland. And in fact, that is a nice way of summing up this underlying assumption, this underlying operating system of being repulsed or pushed away or trying to get away from the bland and towards the potent. I'd rather poison myself than not have an extreme feeling. That goes for anything that gives you any sort of feeling that is above what we might at this stage call baseline. So if we imagine you have a baseline of normal bland life, and that is your leaves on the tree and your potatoes for dinner, and the things that come along are the hard liquor, sensory stimulation, emotional stimulation, thought stimulation, relationship opening or connection, thrill-seeking behaviors, pleasurable behaviors. And from here, you have to say, well, what's a poison and what is something that is potent? Because the answer is not to say, okay, I'm going to do away with all potency because I don't want to poison myself and I'm just going to have a bland life. There's something in that which is incomplete. There's something in that which is a half-baked intuition or reaction to this information, to this discovering of the operating system within you, the operating assumption behind your behaviors. And the answer, of course, the solution to this is purity. The question comes in, is this thing pure? And I wager to you that When you have pure experiences, then you are actually changing this assumption of baseline feeling with stimuli, with potent substances, with poison. And when you look at purity, then you see things in a different way. Now, hard liquor, in so many ways, is pure. And the venom on the snake is pure. But also, potatoes can be pure. Thoughts can be pure. The leaves on the tree. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. The leaves on the tree can be pure. And it's actually in that purity and in that depth that you start to open to the experience of seeing the leaves on the tree. You see, up until now, we've just assumed that seeing leaves on a tree is part of a baseline experience. 
It's part of this sort of non-potent end of the spectrum. When really, when you look at this through the eyes of purity, when you really see the sight, you're perceiving without any without without anything that can sort of cloud your vision or cause any lack of clarity. I don't really know what, what the right word I'm trying to find is, but to really see something in its pure form, to really see the leaves on the tree, that actually becomes a potent experience. It becomes something potent. And when you understand this, your whole idea of what is potency, what is real, what is having a strong effect, it all starts to shift around and change and interlock in different ways. And your relationships to substances and behaviors and experiences and perceptions change. Right now, it might be that you judge something by this way of thinking as something that is potent. You say hard liquor is potent. When really you say from a different perspective, actually it's poison. And you might even say, well, hard liquor is pure because it's refined. And really, it's poison. And things that are lacking in potency, things that you might say are bland, become very much potent through purity. To circle back a little bit about thoughts. This is something that is quite staggering to realize and this is really one of the major things that you must do to transform your mind it is to realize that by having potent thoughts you're going to overcome the poison in your mind And in fact, for a lot of people, I feel that actually just to have a base level of thoughts (laughs) is quite an achievement. And in some ways, that is the approach. In some ways, we need the baseline. We need to recognize that. It's a part of this dynamic that you can't side-sidestep because you might say, well, I love these poisonous things. I know they're poisonous for me, but at least they're potent. At least they make me feel good. At least it's a mindset that really gets me up. So all I have to do is just purify that and then I'll have the same experience with the same things. <laughs> and that's not gonna how that's not how it's gonna work. You actually have to come out of your poison. Come out of your potency. 
and come back to a baseline and use the baseline as purifying something. It's not as though I can tell you, ah, did you realize that looking at a tree with pure perception can actually make you high? It actually can cause ecstasy? And I'm not, I'm not meaning just ecstasy. Ecstasy is in, oh, it's very nice. Isn't it a beautiful day? No, I mean ecstasy as in just full-blown bodily, explosive, energetic, cataclysmic, catastrophic, like just rapture ecstasy through the eyes. That's through photons bouncing off the leaf. And landing on your eyes. Right? We think of potent as something very loud. As something very powerful. Like liquor. Or poison. But when you work with purity, you actually need very little. Something as small as the photons of light off a tree. Another metric we could bring into this is the gross and the subtle, right? Because some of these things are gross. Some of these things are very physical, very big, right? Liquids and solids and things like this are very large, whereas light and neurons in the brain, they're much more subtle. And maybe there's a spectrum there. Maybe that's another metric we can lay on top of these things of poison potency and purity. But to give another example, well, look at something like the psychedelic compound LSD, right? That's something that is very potent. It's delivered in such a small dosage. It's so tiny. It's absolutely microscopic. And yet the effect, the effect that it has on you is so dramatic. It opens up so much. Now from that, you might say, well, that, that's, that's good, isn't it? Because it's potent. Well, here's the thing that you need to understand. Here's the thing that's missing from that. It's purity. Because to have a tiny amount of of LSD, to have that huge consciousness experience, that is beginner's purity. That is beginner's potency. And what you need to work towards is, well, what if I just have, say, a piece of toast? And it's a bland... Everyday, normal piece of toast. And I have it in its absolute purity. And that is something that I experience as potent. Now, by the time you get to having amazing experiences of something as bland as toast, well... 
your habits of hard liquor and LSD, (laughs) they're going to be too much. They're going to be too much like a poison. Too much like something that ruins your baseline. Something that taints another thing. Which actually brings up another point, which is that all of these things that we have, well, we're sort of talking about them now as if they're one-on-one things, and at best they're things that are related to a constant baseline, but in reality, our baseline isn't constant and it's not consistent. And these things that we have actually affect each other, right? Certain foods can blow out your sense of smell. Certain drinks blow out your taste buds. And the list goes on for how things affect other things. Works on behaviors, works on thoughts, works on emotions. Your whole environment affects it. So the action point, the thing that you really have to assess for yourself is what are the things in your life that you feel are potent? You feel they give you the biggest kick. They give you the strongest aliveness or effect, whether it's positive or negative, that you keep coming back to because you do keep coming back to these things because, well, we need to have something above our baseline. The natural tendency is to improve our baseline, to evolve or transcend our baseline, which is a trajectory that actually probably needs a whole conversation for itself. But ask yourself about these things. What are these things? There's a couple of them. And then consider for a moment, well, what if these things are poison? What if this purity is actually doing some damage to me? And then take steps to say, well, if it's poison, how do I purify them? By either not doing them or by doing them in such a way that they don't affect the rest of my experiences. And what things are you doing which are not pure? Like when you look at a tree, when you look at the leaves, are you doing that with purity? Or is there junk in the way? Is there thoughts going on that are in the way? Are there things going on in your behavior or your environment? Because if you can really just start to work with things in a pure way, then, well, things will start to change for you. And it does take conscious effort. It does take actually saying, okay, what is purity? What am I doing that's tainted? What am I doing that's poisonous? 
And it is tricky because so many things that parade as potent are actually poison. And so many things that parade or appear to be bland and everyday, day-to-day normal things are actually quite potent with purity. So that's at least a start on this conversation. There's a lot more dynamics to share about this. So we will talk about it again in in a different way, in a different time, but at least that's a start. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll be back soon with more.